Live from Florence, it's Cinema Chop Shop. But this is not a registered trademark of NBC Universal. <laughs> Welcome to Season 9, Episode 3 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen, so why shouldn't movie buffs, like us, decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Travelvet Jones, a.k.a. Roseanne Rosanna Trava, <laughs> a.k.a. Travis, you ignorant slut. <laughs> And I'm joined here in the studio by my co-host and co-producer, the spy who shawned me, a.k.a. Stranger Than Fiction, a.k.a. National Lampoon's Vacation. Also in our third seat, Chop Shop regulator, Keenan and Chell's Good Burger. Nice. A.k.a. Celeste and Jesse Forever. A.k.a. Chelf. <laughs> a.k.a. The Chelatin Twin. <laughs> <laughs> Further description of the show, the tagline says, watch, chop, retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of the remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Not ready for prime time. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we get extended for another season. Excellent. <laughs> All right, that's going to bring us into our first segment, which is movie news. And this is where throughout the week we try to uh, gather up some stories that pertain to our show or to some of the things we talk about, the world of cinema, or just that our listeners might find interesting. And unfortunately, this week we do have to start it off with a couple of RIPs. And Sean, do you want to take the first one? Oh, uh, Tawny Katane. Tawny Katane died. Uh, now I have to find it in your notes. Uh, <clears throat> she was known for the film Bachelor Party. She mm-hmm. was adorable. Also, she was known for a few music videos from Whitesnake and yes. Rat. Uh, she definitely changed my life as a young teen. Mm-hmm. And she was also in the reboot of WKRP in Cincinnati. I never knew it was rebooted. Anyway, on May 7th, 2021, Katane died at her Newport Beach home at the age of 59. Her death was confirmed by the New York Times. I'm sorry, was confirmed to the New York Times by her daughter, Winter Finley, who told the paper that the cause of death was not immediately known. Okay. So, well, uh, so I just want to rub one out for my homie. Rest in peace and rest in power to Tawny Katane, as well as Norman Lloyd, the star of Saboteur and Saint Elsewhere, has died at 106. Cause of death unknown. 106? Yes. Um, I think it might be known. <laughs> yeah, I've got a good guess or two. His role as kindly Dr. Daniel Auschlander on TV's St. Elsewhere was a single chapter in a distinguished stage and screen career that put him in the company of Orson Welles and other greats. The actor worked with everyone from Alfred Hitchcock to Charlie Chaplin to Daniel Day-Lewis and Amy Schumer. Once again, rest in peace and rest in power. And those come to us from NBC News. Next up, via Variety, the casts of Fargo, Raging Bull, The Five Heartbeats, The Royal Tenenbaums will all reunite at this year's Tribeca Film Festival for a cinematic super spreader event. (laughs) Uh, From Comic Book Review, Seth Rogen has cut ties with James Franco after sexual misconduct allegations, and you can't blame him. No. Uh, They had a good working relationship for a while, but he made a statement that says he in in so many words absolutely abhors abuse in any way and that he would no longer be 
uh, enabling that in, what did I say by you? working with him. What did I say to you in response? Freaks, Freaks and skeets. skeets. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next, from Deadline, Knives Out 2, Dave Bautista joins Daniel Craig in Ryan Johnson's sequel for Netflix. I, I don't know that it needed a sequel. I thought it was pretty good. It could have stood alone. Yeah. Um, but that Netflix money, it's hard to say no to. Next, via Variety, Golden Globes controversy. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association members reeling after NBC pulls the plug. And it's over a lack of diversity. Is that right? I don't... It's got to be more yeah, than that. Yeah. Uh, but I did learn today that Tom Cruise gave back his Golden Globes. That's funny. Uh, next, via Variety as well, Regina King to direct Bitter Root, an adaptation of a Harlem Renaissance set comic book. And did you look into this at all? I read the article. I'm not familiar with the comic. It's cool to see her um, getting yet another property based on comic books after Watchmen. But she's directing this. And so I'm sure it'll be awesome. Finally, via TMZ, Robert De Niro injures leg on location for Killers of the Flower Moon. He may have to employ a taxi driver. It uh, Something, something analyze this. <laughs> Maybe some good fellows will help him around. Depending on the injury, he probably should put some heat on it. Yes. Um, the the orthopedist is going to have to analyze that. Well, it happened in Oklahoma. I hope he wasn't hit by a raging bull. Yes. Maybe he tripped over some kids' toys and yelled, Little fuckers! <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's going to wrap us up on movie news for this week. Do you guys hear the big phone ringing? This must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Hola, Chop Shoppers. The guy opposite James McAvoy and Rosario Dawson in Trance was Vincent Cassell. The Ben Wheatley pandemic film title Travis was looking for is In the Earth. Paul Walter Hauser was the Aitanya star whose name you were looking for. Travis eventually got it. That's as clear as it gets this week. Enjoy your new maskless freedom. All right. Thank you, Dana, for that. And just a side note, only fully vaccinated inmates can enjoy said freedoms. All right. That will close the doors on the Department of Corrections for this week, bringing us to the theme of the episode. And this is one that I've been looking forward to, and I think it's going to be pretty fun. It's Saturday Night Live alumni movies. Movies made by people who were cast members on Saturday Night Live, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. And how are you guys feeling going into this? I love it. Yeah. Okay. It's very ominous, though. Like, it's huge. Yeah, it's a broad, broad category. I think we found a list of 100 movies, and it was nowhere near Nowhere near list. close, because the, I mean, you've got a show that's been on the air since 75, mm -hmm. and I watched the first episode as a two-year-old three-year-old so yeah it's uh there's a lot of uh there's a lot of cast members that have had films mm -hmm. and there are a lot of cast members who popped in and popped out of the show for a very brief period of time so True. yeah there's a lot to choose from so saturday night live has made several efforts to develop some of the more popular sketches into feature-length films the first foray into film came with the successful Ackroyd belushi vehicle the blues brothers in 1980 in 1990, Michaels, uh, that's Lorne Michaels, oversaw the writing of a sketch anthology feature film called The Saturday Night Live Movie, with many of the show's then-current writing staff, including Al Franken, Tom Davis, Greg Daniels, Jim Downey, Conan O'Brien, Robert Smigel, and George Meyer, contributed. 
The screenplay only got as far as a revised first draft dated 1990, July 26, 1990, before being abandoned. I would have liked to have seen that movie. Uh, the success of Wayne's World in 1992 encouraged Michaels to produce more film spin-offs based on several popular sketch characters. Michaels revived 1970s characters Coneheads in 1993, followed by It's Pat in 1994. <laughs> Stewart Saves His Family in 1995. A Night at the Roxbury, 1998. Superstar in 1999. And The Ladies' Man in 2000. Some did moderately well, though others did not. Notably, It's Pat, which did so badly at the box office, the studio that made the film, Touchstone Pictures, owned by the Walt Disney Company, which also owns NBC's rival ABC, pulled it only one week after releasing it. <laughs> and Stewart Saves His Family, which lost $14 million. Many of these films were produced by Paramount Pictures. The films based on the Blues Brothers were produced by Universal Studios, which merged with NBC in 2004 to form NBC Universal. Universal also has a joint venture with Paramount for inter international distribution of the two studios' films. So that's a breakdown of the, the history, the production history of these uh, SNL alumni movies and movies that came out of America's favorite sketch comedy show. All right, so we're moving it into our next segment, which is the Midnight Double Feature. And this is where we go around the panel and we each suggest two films for a double feature uh, that we feel like fits into our category, that are somewhat related to each other, and that would make a good pairing. So Chelsea... Can you give us your double feature first? Yeah, my double feature. Both my films are from 1980, and they both starred uh, Gilda Radner. Okay. The first one is Animal Olympics. So good. I loved it. I watched it last night. Did she do? Did she voice more than one character? Yeah, there's only five. Okay. Voices. Gotcha. She did. And all she's the, the only female. Gotcha. Yeah, that that movie is quite fun and family friendly. Yeah, and. <laughs> The Barbara Walter. <laughs> yes. Barbara Warbler. Yes. It's fun stuff. So it's an animated film that capitalized on the popularity of the uh, Olympic Games. Uh -huh. You said it's 70... It's 80. 80. So it came out uh, around the LA Summer Olympic Games then. Mm -hmm. So they were really riding the wave of that popularity. And then yeah. you're going to pair that with what, Chelsea? Uh, first Family. Okay. So I knew I wanted to do a Gilda double feature. Yeah. Because I love her. And... I started searching, and this movie has Gilda Radner and Bob Newhart, who oh, I love more wow. than anything. Yeah, that's like they made that for you. And, I know. And it's got Madeline Kahn and Harvey Corman. And Bob Newhart is the president. That's amazing. It's written and directed by Buck Henry. Okay. Longtime SNL writer and sometime actor. And what year was this? 1980. 80. Now, does it hold up? All right, so reading the description, I was like, ooh, this might be a little bit racist. Uh -huh. However, it it is, but there's good comebacks. Okay. And you can, you can kind of see what they're doing. Yeah, I kind of liked it. Uh, yeah. I, I like Buck Henry's uh, political mind anyway. Okay. But uh, it involves a, a make-believe African nation uh, that's an island nation. Wakanda. And, and there, yeah, right? That's no, what it's I called said. Gorm. No, Northern Gorm. Gorm. Northern Gorm. And they've unlocked the secret to really huge produce, like vegetables but that are okay. giant. The other thing that will... really gets them like freaking out over this is um, when they come and visit the president, they give him a gift 
and they check it with a Geiger meter and it, it's like a source of uranium from oh, this big giant mountain that lives <laughs> on their islands. And, and then like, Chevy Chase found it and got superpowers. No. So did you like these? Oh, I loved it. Seems it. like you did. I loved it. Right on. Nice, uh, nice Gilda Rad Radner tribute in your double feature. Over to you, Sean. Okay. So in 1980, Lorne Michaels um, was burned out and announced that he was going to take a hiatus from the show. He assumed that NBC was going to put the show on hiatus as well. Oh, yeah. NBC said, no, we're not doing that. They brought in um, a lady to run the show. She lasted one season. She brought in uh, Eddie Murphy and Joe Piscopo, but the rest of the cast was fired after one season because he said, fuck on the air. Oh, boy. And it was one of the guys that has passed away. I can't remember. Rocket. Rocket. Okay. And they did a uh, Who Shot JR spoof. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, uh, they said, how do you feel? He's like, oh, man, it was all fucked up. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, that's the end of her career. Yeah. They then brought in Dick Ebersol. Dick okay. Ebersol is known for uh, sports at NBC, but he was one of the co-creators of SNL originally. And he helmed the show uh, from 81 through 85. Okay, so four seasons. And... In 85, because the show wasn't doing well, um, he brought in an all-star cast for one season only. That was Billy Crystal, uh, Martin Short, Christopher Guest, Harry Shearer. Uh, I know I'm leaving some out. Yeah. And uh, the show was the highest uh, rated that it's ever been. And the critics were like, this is great. But he wanted to move the show away from a live format to a taped format. Oh, really? And NBC said, no, we're done that's, with you, Dick. That's kind of the whole point. <laughs> and so that's when uh, Lauren came back the following season. Okay. And that season was a dreadful season. That's where he brought in uh, Anthony Michael Hall, uh -huh, Robert one. Downey Jr., yeah. and Randy Quaid. Weird. Yeah, they were all for one season, uh -huh. and that there was a reason for it. It was a dreadful cast, but there were some other uh, key players that were brought in as well who lasted throughout the uh, back half of the 80s. So, all that preamble, my double feature is going to feature an iconic uh, SNL cast member paired with one-year ah, cast okay. members. Nice. So, the first one will be National Lampoon's Vacation from 1983, mm -hmm. starring Chevy, Chevy and Chase. Randy. Chevy Chase, who was only on the show for two seasons, though, uh -huh. even though we consider him iconic. He was very prominently <clears throat> featured, though. He, yes, he was. Uh, he was the news anchor. Mm -hmm. But, uh, he, of course, he co-starring Randy Quaid and Anthony Michael Hall. Both oh, wow. One season uh, starts of the show. So uh, I'm going to... That's you know, I don't need to talk about vacation. No. We don't know what that is. <laughs> Moose out front should have told you. <laughs> yeah, right? Uh, oh, also, John Candy was supposed to have been on SNL. I'm sorry. He was offered to be on SNL during the Dick Ebersol years. He said no. Catherine O'Hara was offered to be on the show as well. She said yes, but backed out at the last second. Okay. And she offered Robin Dukes as her replacement. I imagine that Christopher Guest, the, that connection probably helped her get the, the nod. Catherine O'Hara? Uh, Christopher Guest came in after that. Though, oh, okay. A couple of years. So my back half of the double features from 1986, it's The Three Amigos. The Three Amigos! Starring once again Chevy Chase and the one-year sensation Martin Short, uh -huh. as well as uh, Steve Martin, who was Steve not Martin. a cast member. However, he is so closely associated with the show. And he's, he's guested he's hosted more, more than five times because he's uh, part of the five-timers yeah, club. <laughs> he's, he's way up there. But also John Lovitz was in this movie yes. as well, who was on the uh, show for five seasons. He was one of the ones that came in in the 1985 year. Love, love John Lovitz. But Three Amigos is great. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a tribute to old Hollywood, and it's really funny. And there's... How do you know it's a mail plane? 
the two little balls there at the, <laughs> the back of the plane. And because of this, we all know what the word plethora means. Yep. And Chelsea had something to say. Have you guys ever met an SNL cast member? Oh, I cannot say that I have. Oh boy, I did. Who did you meet? Martin Short. Wow. And mm-hmm. can you can you tell us a little bit about that encounter? Um, I lived in Canada and I went to Muskoka with a friend of mine. They have a cabin up there and to get to like the general store or anything, you have to take a boat because everybody owns like their own little island. Hmm. So we're at the store and Martin Short friggin' walks in. Yeah. And I was like peeing myself so basically. Did you, did you go up to Oh him yeah, absolutely. And introduce yourself? Absolutely. Was he congenial oh, about it? Oh, he was so nice. He was so cool. sweet. He was very was excited. Was he a decent guy? Oh my God. <laughs> What's that character? Ed Grimley. Ed Grimley. Oh, okay. He, Jiminy Glick does some I similar love in, incantations. Oh, that's such a funny one. All right. Cool deal. Okay, so that's both of yours, Sean? Those are mine. All right. Well, I went with uh, two of Belushi's first vehicles. The first one everybody knows about. It's National Lampoon's Animal House from 1978. And Belushi had worked for the National Lampoon prior to being hired on SNL. Uh, it's... Directed by John Landis, but written by Harold Ramis, Douglas Kennedy, and Chris Miller. We got a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. And this 1978 American comedy film directed by John Landis was starring John Belushi, Peter Riger, Tim Matheson, John Vernon, Verna Bloom, Tom Hulse, Stephen First, and Donald Sutherland. When they arrive at college, socially inept freshmen Larry, played by Thomas Hulse, and Kent, played by Stephen First, attempt to pledge a snooty the snooty Omega Theta Pi House, but are sum- summer- summarily rejected. Lowering their standards, they tried at the notorious rowdy, the notoriously rowdy Delta Tau Chai House, Delta Tau Kai House, and get in. The trouble is, the college dean, played by John Vernon, has it in for the Deltas. He has put them on double secret probation and <laughs> secretly assigned Omega's president, James Doughton, the task of having their charter revoked. All right, so the following year, we've got 1941 uh, from 1979. Directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, but written by Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, the writing, directing, producing partnership behind the Back to the Future series. And featuring an ensemble cast, including Dan Aykroyd, Ned Beatty, John Belushi, John Candy, Christopher Lee, Tim Matheson, Toshiro Mifune, Robert Stack, and Mickey Rourke in his film debut. After Japan's attack on Pearl Harbor, residents of California descend into a wild panic, afraid that they might be the next target. Among them are Wild Bill Kelso, played by John Belushi, and he's a rogue fighter pilot. (laughs) A crazed National Guard pilot. Sergeant Frank Tree, played by Dan Aykroyd, a patriotic, straight-laced tank crew member. Ward Douglas, played by Ned Betty, a civilian willing to help with the American war effort at any cost. And Major General Joseph W. Stilwell, played by Robert Stack, who just wants to go watch Dumbo. And I love this movie. I have a a warmer place in my heart for 1941 than I do Animal House. Um, Maybe because my dad liked it so much and we watched it a lot when I was a kid, but... and not Animal House as much. I kind of watched that later, probably late in high school or early in college. I just like the opening scene of 1941. Oh, yeah. It's great. <laughs> the submarine. Up oh, Periscope. Yes. Yes. Hollywood! <laughs> and isn't it Slim Pickens who's who gets trapped on the on the boat? Does he? I'm I pretty sure it's Hollis been... Wood is played by Slim Pickens. That's awesome. Yeah. 
Uh, great movie and pairs very well with Animal House. All right, that wraps us up on the Midnight Double Feature. Moving it into our feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we take a pre-selected film that we've all seen, and we talk about it a little bit, then we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles with contemporary actors who are at at the the height of their their powers. powers. And the first movie is another one that I love quite a bit from my childhood. It's called Stripes from 1981. Had you both seen this before? Yes. I haven't seen it in years. Okay, neither so had I. It's probably be been about 12 years since since I had rewatched it. Um, but I did go back and revisit some segments and some YouTube clips today, so I feel like I've got a pretty good pretty good handle on it. Uh, Stripes from 1981 directed by Ivan Reitman, who also directed Ghostbusters, Twins, and Meatballs. Uh, it's got an 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Hard luck cabbie John Winger, played by Bill Murray, directionless after being fired from his job and dumped by his girlfriend, enlists in the U.S. Army with his close pal Russell Ziski, played by Harold Ramis. After his barely satisfactory performance in basic training, the irreverent Winger emerges as the figurehead for a ragtag band of Army misfits. However, his hijinks threaten to cause an international scandal when he inadvertently commandeers a military assault vehicle behind enemy lines. Um... It's so fun. Uh, from the uh, the very opening scene where the lady in the backseat of his cab is just bitching him out and he just pulls over on the bridge, gets out and starts walking away, <laughs> leaving traffic behind him. Uh, the mud wrestling scene with John Candy, that's iconic. The uh, kitchen utensils used as sexual apparatus. Yep, a little uh, spatula action. Yeah. Um, so what were your guys' thoughts on this? It's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Uh that's a fact, Jack. Uh, yeah. It will forever be linked to that film. Uh, the the female cast of PJ Souls and Sean Young. What a, a, a you could not pick two more desperate uh-huh. actresses, but in to be this, paired and in they this, work. Yeah, it worked. Uh, jo- you know, John Larroquette's in this. Oh, as as the uh, effeminate yep, Captain Stillman, who's also always spying on the women's showers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Judge Reinhold's in this. Yes. Uh, it, it's a great movie it really is uh so we were only able to get to four roles to recast we've got john winger played by bill murray at 31 we've got russell ziski played by the late great harold ramus at 37 we've got sergeant holka played by warren oates and this performance was a tour de force i thought he was very effective almost to the extent that you would believe he had been a drill sergeant kind of like the guy in full metal jacket We most recently recast Warren Oates from Badlands. Yep. He was daddy. Yep. All right. And then finally, we've got Ox, played by John Candy, uh, who, as former producer Andrew, Andrew, pointed out this week, uh, John Candy is irreplaceable. So I'm very interested to see where we go with this. Anything else? Any further further thoughts before we get into the recasting? All right, Chelsea, who's going to be your John Winger? I had a hard time recasting both of these. These people are so iconic and mm-hmm. they fit in such a mold from you know my birth growing up that it's hard to recast them. So I think my recasts are shit. I hate them. Oh. I really don't like it. Okay. We'll keep but that in mind. my Bill Murray is going to be kick-ass himself, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Okay. He is pretty kick-ass. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to um, fill out a little bit more. He's, he's pretty ripped. Oh right yeah. Now. We need to start him kind of pudgy and then get him ripped. Yeah. <laughs> Over to you, Sean, for your John Winger. Agreed. Uh, Bill Murray. We've had mm-hmm. him before to recast. It's tough to it do. It really is. is. So I, he's I one fo- of a kind. I focused on Bill Murray's smartassness and kind of let that be my compass. And so I went with an actor who is known for being a smartass in his most iconic role. He was in uh, Bad Turn Worse, Rob the Mob, Movie 43, but everybody oh. knows him as Lip from Shameless. Ah. I went with Jeremy Allen White. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. My uh, actor slash comedian slash director is 30 now. Recently, he was in Promising Young Woman. Zach Stone is going to be famous. And he also directed Eighth Grade. His name is Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham is going to be my John Winger. Is there anything better than pussy? A really good, good book. book. <laughs> All right. Next up. Is that from Promising Young Woman? No, it's, it's from, from Vines. From Vines. Oh, okay. Bo Burnham used to be on Vines. Uh, Harold Ramis at 37 playing Russell Ziski. He's uh, John Winger's best friend. They enlist together. And uh, who was your pick for Russell, Chelsea? So he just has like a really recognizable look and face. Oh, for sure. And so that's sort of what I use to recast. Mm-hmm. And my actor mostly does TV. Um, I went with Eric Andre. <laughs> <laughs> that would be insane. Eric Andre um, from The Mitchells versus the Machines, Bad yeah. Trip, and The Internship. I also picked Eric Andre. Oh, nice. <laughs> I shopped Eric Andre for this. Very so good. good job. Um, I'm really thrilled with my pick. Okay. He's 35 years old, and Harold Ramis, being an actor, writer, and director, mm-hmm. I wanted to get an actor, writer, director to fill his shoes. Uh, this guy has been in um, Pieces of a Woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so going. By. To, he's going. <laughs> he's going to be in the upcoming Obi Wan Kenobi TV series. Uh-huh. Um, he has uh, directed um, Daddy Long Legs, The Black Balloon. Um, let's see. Uh, uh, oh, yeah, he uh, co-directed uh, Uncut Gems. Nice. His name is Benny Safty. Oh, one of the Safty brothers. Yeah. Oh, okay. And there's some face there value when he puts on his glasses, For too. For sure. All right. I think that was excellent. I really like that one. Very cool. All right, next up, we've got Sergeant Holka. Warren Oates was 53. And Chelsea, who's your sergeant? So this this one is hard because it, it really seems like he could be a drill sergeant. Yeah, exactly. So I had to think of somebody that I was like, well, who would I listen to mm-hmm. if I was in boot camp still? And only one person came to mind. Who was that? Dwight Schrute. <laughs> <laughs> Super cool. Yeah, I can see it, actually. Um, Ryan. Rain Wilson. Rain Wilson. Yeah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> uh, just makes me miss the good old days of Halloween. <laughs> that was the best class. False. All right, Sean, over to you, buddy. False. <laughs> um, my actor's 53 years old. I think he will be able to pull off a drill sergeant, but most people will know him for his comedic roles. He was in The Incredible Hulk, mm-hmm. uh, the night, uh, 2008 version. He was in Muppets Most Wanted. He's a voice in all the Dory and uh, the Dory movies. Finding, Finding, Dory. Nemo. Finding Nemo. and that all stuff. All the Dory movies. Um, <laughs> Dory the Explorer. But he was also in Modern Family mm-hmm. I went with Ty Burrell. All right. Ty Burrell. Yeah. 
Good deal. My Sergeant Holka is 52 now. Let's see. He was in Blast from the Past. Oh, I love that. George movie. of the Jungle and Encino <gasps> Man. I went with Brendan <laughs> Fraser. Brendan Fraser. He's going to have to do this before or after he plays that 600 pound man in Darren Aronofsky's movie. It's Cliff Steele. All right. We got one more, and that's Ox, played by John Candy. And, and Sean, I think I told you earlier in the week, I was really struggling with this because how do you sub out that Canadian bacon? I know, right? How do you get a oh. better piece of candy than John Candy? And it was tough. So I'm I'm not saying that there could be any replacement, but for this gun-to-my-head situation, I came down to something. But I want to hear what you've got first, Chelsea. Same. Um, my actor was in Hot Tub Time Machine, The Croods, Kick-Ass 2, Hot Tub Time Machine 2, and Sex Drive. I went with Clark Duke. I gave some thought to Clark Duke. He's 36 now. He was in Sex Drive, Hot Tub Time Machine, <laughs> Arkansas, which he also directed, Clark Duke. Arkansas was good. Arkansas was quite that good. That almost made my top. Not the state, the movie. No, the movie. <laughs> it almost made my list of top 20. We had two. Mm-hmm. Ah. Wow. Yep. Uh, Sean, over to you. I went a little older. I went with a 34-year-old actor. Okay. Uh, this actor was in The Big Sick. This actor was in Girls. This actor was in Shrill. But let's remember this remake, the uh, army is pretty uh, all-inclusive. I went with SNL actress A.D. Bryant. You know, I thought about doing she's that. She's awesome. I think A.D. Bryant would fucking yeah. kill this. She's she's quite good. And you know what? Um, even though she's only been on the show for a, a few seasons now, um, she makes her way onto a list of like top 15 cast members of all time on, on multiple she's, sources. She's really, mm-hmm. really good at her? doing the awkward, sweaty, nervous mm-hmm that every person feels yeah. when they're like this anxiety on she's just really good also at it. i think that um confidence wise she's a completely unapologetic plus size woman oh yeah and i think that there's a lot to be said well, you know that. she's the daughter of lane bryant the plus size store chain oh i didn't know that i'm just kidding oh shit but what, what if she is <laughs> no she, i don't know maybe she is no she's her not. Ted the heiress Cruz is fucking hilarious her what her ted, ted cruz yeah. oh my Yo, it's god so good. ted cruz is the oh best. my god all right well um in terms of final thoughts on stripes i have to give it a wholehearted recommend absolutely uh, Me too. it's very fun just going back and watching clips this week i was chuckling and it made me want to go back and rewatch it in its entirety all right well we're gonna head into intermission but not before we say Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some something from the Bassomatic. Spishak. <laughs> And for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Chop Shop Morning Zoo on WCCS 85.5 FM, The Shop, with Travisito, the brew boss, and me, Chelsea, the regulator, where we'll be breaking down the recast of your precious childhood movies all morning, morning long. long. And if you can't listen on your toilet or in your car, just search for Cinema Chop Shop on podbean.com. And it came to pass that the Lord Pod saith unto the chop shoppers to go forth, to rate, to review, and to subscribe to Cinema Chop Shop on all of your social media and your podcaster apps. 
Now it's about time for the holy sacrament of a beer check-in. You too can follow the path to Cinema Chop Shop on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. Everyone, hallelujah. hallelujah! Praise Jesus! Amen. Well, hello there, all you naughty chop shoppers. So, you like to listen? Oh, you're bad. Wouldn't you also love to see all of our hot pictures and posts on our very own social media? Just search for Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, if you think you can handle it. This weekend on CCS Wrestling. Woo! If you miss this event, you suck! Woo! It'll be the ultimate recasting extravaganza you have ever seen. Between the challenger... Trontastic Ron! I'm gonna rip his face off! Woo! And the defending champ... Little Thanos! You ain't got nothing, brother! I can't stop saying woo! It's an actual medical condition! So if you've got a problem with that, we'll see you in Gmail where you can send us comments, corrections, concerns, and complaints. That's cinemachopshop at gmail.com. Do you need a used movie? Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Come on down to Wacky Trav's Cinema Chop Shop Blowout Sale. He's He's out out of of his mind. mind. Where we can guarantee you, you'll go home happy. Social security number, criminal background check, and blood sample required. Side effects may include euphoria, hallucinations, and delusions of grandeur. So please remember to watch Watch Chop Chop Retrofit. (laughs) All right, and we are back. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission, Chop Shoppers. We just had to change costumes and reset the scenery. And when we come back from intermission, Sean, what do we like to do? Beer check-ins. And what do we have today? Well, we have uh, one from you. This is from Southern Range Brewing Company, just over the state line in North Carolina. Funny like I'm a clown. Funny like I'm a clown? Exactly. Like I'm here to amuse you? Do you want to do that one first, or do you want to do the other one? Well, we're... Uh, Let's do the lighter one first. Okay, yeah. I've been uh, I've been drinking through the whole episode... Land shark, land shark, land shark lager. Can you explain that sketch a little bit while we enjoy this? Uh, land shark was a sketch that they did with the uh, somebody would knock on the door and uh, candy gram, candy gram, telegram, and uh, it was a, a land shark that was there to kill people. And and who was in the costume? Chevy Chase, Chevy Chase, and he actually owns a 53% stake in this beer company. <laughs> he does not. Oh, okay. <laughs> But uh, that was always the joke because the news had gotten out about the land shark and mm-hmm. he'd say, I'm actually a dolphin now. <laughs> oh, just a dolphin. And they'd open the door and the land shark would eat the person. And this is a pretty, it, pretty typical American yeah. lager. This is owned by uh, Margaritaville. This is uh, Jimmy Buffett's. Jimmy Buffett's beer. Okay. Yeah. Which in, incidentally, right next to it in the grocery store was Luke Bryant's beer. Wait, Luke Bryant has a beer? Yeah. What is it? Two lanes. Two lanes. Like a two-lane highway? Yeah. I think that the uh, assessment we gave it earlier that it's an American Corona. Yeah, it's it's it, it's drinkable. Yeah, it's There's what it is. There's nothing to it. All right. So while we're enjoying that, let's talk about the 2021 Movie Marathon. This is where throughout the calendar year, we try to watch as many movies as we can 
and we check them in here on the show and sometimes on Twitter with the hashtag 2021 movie marathon. As of this recording, we are on the 134th day of the year and I am just on 135. I'm only one ahead of the day. Living on the edge. But it's an honest 135. I'm on 166. Chelsea? Wow, I feel like that was directed towards me. I and I have from you when I said it. I know, very deliberately. And I have a fucking honest mm-hmm. 212. 212. All right. So uh, of those, which, what will be your first check-in, Chelsea? I am going to go with 1983's Breathless. 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 This has Richard Gere. Um, Kim Basinger? No. Okay. Valerie Kaprisky. Okay. And I got to see Richard Gere's dick. Okay. So <laughs> it's, it was glorious. It's some some graphic nudity. Yes. Okay. What am I? One of mine that I talk about is going to have graphic nudity too. Uh, Sean. Well, this is a takeoff on a, on a Godard movie. Jean-Luc? Yeah, he had a movie called, it translates to Breathless, starring uh, Jean, Jean Seberg. Okay. As well as uh, Belmondo. I can't remember the actor's first name. I talked about it on the show forever ago, and uh, this is good. This Valerie Kaprisky girl in this film is a dead ringer for Amelia Clark. Oh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. So she's a she's a smoke show. She's pretty. Nice. You yep. get to see nudity from her, too. Yeah. Excellent. All right. I'm going to check in Continental Divide, keeping All it right. on theme. This is a John Belushi film. He's a hard-nosed uh, political reporter in Chicago, and uh, they somehow talk him into going out to Colorado and covering this scientist who studies eagles. Mm-hmm. Now, I stand corrected. I have seen this. Yeah. He falls in love with her over the course of their two weeks in the cabin, and uh, goes back to work and kind of gets over her a little bit. Mm-hmm. But she comes to, back to Chicago, does a speaking engagement, and instantly, bam, the, right. the flame is reignited. Of all the newspaper offices in all the world. <laughs> um, and then, of course, there's a very sweet final scene where she's trying to leave on the train, and he gets on the train with her. But he says, I'm only going to be on for the next stop. And then he keeps getting back on the train. It's very Also sweet. like Casablanca. Yeah, and uh, I really like this, and it this is what got me talking about John Belushi mm-hmm. and how I resent the fact that Chris Farley was always called the next John Belushi. I don't think it's even a comparison. I think that their styles are, I mean, sure, they're both big dudes. Their physical comedy styles are very similar, but to me, John Belushi was so much more than just his physical comedy. I think he was more cerebral. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's evident in this film. And also much more musically talented. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I just think he had more dimensions to his talent. Mm-hmm. But they did both love the shit out of drugs. They love oh, hell, drugs. Yeah. Anyway, good film. I enjoyed it. I recommend it if yeah. you've never seen it. Okay. My first check-in is going to be a movie that I watched by myself in the middle of the night while I was camping by myself. And it's called The Comeback Trail. And this is from 2020. And it kind of has a get shorty feel to it like film producers trying to get their passion project made but they're also in the pocket of organized crime type of thing so uh in this remake two washed up producers are trying to get their dream film made while also trying to avoid underworld investors it stars robert de niro tommy lee jones morgan freeman zach braff and emil hirsch oh wow Hmm. yeah so it's got a big cast um but the movie it's just so so Next up for you, Chelsea. 
Um, so to continue with the In Search of Darkness movies mm-hmm. uh, from 1980, this movie's called Maniac. Maniac. Um, I don't want to say too much, okay. and I don't want you to either, because I want you to watch okay. this. Holy shit. Now, was who this... does it star? Do we know any of the names? No. 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 Okay. Fucking creepy as hell. All right. And is it 78? 80. 80. Okay. Right on. I'll go back and look at it if I have not seen it. It's That's one of those titles that- don't can, read can, anything about can get it. Kind of clouded with other other movies in the I, genre. I will only say one thing, and that is, it's really creepy because this no name actor, but you believe this guy could be a legit serial killer. Oh, did you guys see the sequel, Maniac Cop? No. 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 Sean, what's your next check in? Uh, am I doing neighbors? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, this real quick, uh, it's another Belushi movie, but during the production of this film is when he had his final relapse. Yes. I'm checking in Neighbors uh, from 1981. It also stars Dan Aykroyd mm-hmm. with blonde hair and blue eyes. Yeah. And that is very, very unnerving. Neighbors, what a bizarre movie. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, it is it is a conflict between two neighbors. But beyond that, it's really strange. Mm-hmm. Like, his wife is throwing herself at John Belushi. Dan Aykroyd is really nihilistic. Yes. Um and the ending of the film is so nihilistic. It's really, really bizarre. And th- there's been there's been a remake of Neighbors. I guess is it I a don't remake? think that the Seth Rogen one is a remake. It's not a remake. No. Okay, I've not seen it. I just assume if it, it is, was. it's very loosely based. Yeah, uh, this is suburbia turned upside down and done in a really bizarre way. Like, the other thing about the film that really struck me: the music cues were all they all sound like Looney Tunes right, from like Warner Brothers. Music. And that even further just throws everything off kilter. So I read that Belushi was really into punk music at the time and this particular band called Fear. And he brought them into the studio to record music for this movie. And the the movie studio, the production studio, wouldn't use it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm familiar with that band, but mm-hmm. I had not heard that. All right. Uh, next to me. Oh, boy. I love this one. I was not even aware that it existed. Now, disclaimer, it's only maybe 50 minutes long. Okay. okay but I'm still counting it. Okay. Because it does star SNL alum Andy Samberg and Jon Snow himself, Kit Harington. I'm talking about Seven Days in Hell. How in the actual hell did I not know about this movie? <laughs> Jon Snow and Hot Rod duel it out in a marathon Wimbledon tournament. <laughs> Warning, though hilarious, there is graphic nudity and sexual situations, both male and female. Um, at one point, when this is not really a spoiler because it's just a sight gag, he invents a, a men's undergarment where the scrotum hangs free yeah. out of the bottom. <laughs> and then there's a time when he goes to prison and there's a male shower orgy scene but instead of showing it they reenact it with like digital animation <laughs> like a uh like a, a crime reenactment oh my god when i saw you at trivia wednesday night i think the first thing you said to me was about the scrotal yeah, yeah, fashion yeah. statement yeah it was pretty funny over to you chelsea my last movie is from 1977 this is also one you need to see and this is a review from letterboxd there's nothing I can write about this movie that would do it justice. You just have to experience it for yourself and understand that it deserves your undivided attention. Don't look away for a second because every single frame is magic. It's called House. It's fucking weird. That um, 
TV show about the doctor? No, this is a Japanese film. It's okay. House. Is wow. it a horror? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, it's like Scooby-Doo meets anime meets... The Grudge? The, no. No, but kind of. Okay. Yeah, it's it's weird. Fair enough. Remind me to watch that, okay? I will. Uh, before I do my next check-in, I'm going to go ahead and crack open our beer. Before nice. Let me get this real quick. As I said, this is Southern Range Brewing Company's Funny Like I'm a Clown. And you've had it before. I've been to this brewery in Monroe, North Carolina. And I, I believe you said it wasn't your favorite, but we're going to see how this one holds up. And I do want to give a shout out to The Wall of Beer in Pendleton, South Carolina, just outside of Clemson. I always make it a point to stop there on my way upstate. And they just so happen to have on their top shelf some Pixels New England style IPA from Seminar Brewing. That's SeminarBrewing.com. And so on my way out of the store, I was like, hey, man, I see you got some Pixels up there. He was like, yeah, but I, uh, I really like the double Pixels. And I was like, you mean the Mega Pixels? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, cool. All right, we'll have a good one. And then I go out to the car and I reach in my cooler and I pull out an ice cold megapixels and brought it into him. He's like, dude, dude. He was clearly like a college sophomore or something, right? And then I stopped back by there on my way out of town and I was like, hey man, how was that mega? He was like, man, I was just bragging about you 10 minutes ago. So I'm out there doing the diplomacy. Uh, what do you think, Sean? Um, you were doing the Lord's work. These guys are not. Mm. Oh, it's yeah. It's got a weird malty sting to it. It's yeah. not good. It's not funny either. No, it's <laughs> not funny. All right, last check in. Uh, this is the Couch Trip. Okay, from 1988. This is Dan Aykroyd, uh, Charles Grodin, mm-hmm. uh, Walter Matthau, and Charles Don- Grodin and Donna Dixon. So this is Aykroyd being Aykroyd, Grodin being Grodin. Uh, Ackroyd is a mental patient mm-hmm. and he somehow snakes his way into filling in for a vacationing Charles Grodin, who is one yes. of these LA psychiatrists who has like a radio show and he gets his way in there. Matthau's crazy. He recognizes the pants that, uh, Ackroyd's wearing as being prison issue. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of susses out that he's a guy who's on Impersonating. the lamb. He's on the lamb. And, uh, one of the people in the production group that do the radio show as well as the practice is Donna Dixon's character. Okay. Which she kind of falls for Aykroyd a little bit. Aykroyd and Donna Dixon are married in real life. They met on the set of Dr. Detroit. Mm-hmm. And how far removed is this movie from Dr. Detroit? Quite a bit. Okay. Because you've also got spies like us in between and man, she is just a, a knockout uh-huh. and, and also pretty charismatic. I think. Very much so. She she co-starred with uh, Tom Hanks and Bosom Buddies mm-hmm. in the early 80s. And I, he hit a home run by being able to snag her. I mean, he's punching above his weight class. Right. And he weighs a lot. Yeah, he does. Um, cool. But it's a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, it's very predictable, very silly. But uh, I enjoyed it. Of course, Walter Matthau is great. He, uh, you know, he's always good. Absolutely. I've got one more, and this is a documentary about somebody who's come up a lot on the show tonight. That is Belushi from 2020. Documentary created from audio recorded shortly after his death, featuring tributes and anecdotes by Aykroyd, Chase, Landis, Reitman, Lorne Michaels, and many, many more. Um, It's a well-done documentary, but it's also sad. All right, that's going to wrap us up on the 2021 Movie Marathon for this week, bringing us into the second part of our feature segment, which is The Recast Continued. And 
Boy, oh boy. Whoa. We got a banger. Mm-hmm. What? What happened? Wow. Well, you go ahead. What happened? That's fine. Let's go ahead. No, we, tell me. What happened? We don't need to do the part two or any of that. Just go ahead. The recast continued. <laughs> part two. <laughs> Second season. Uh, so the movie that we're going to be talking about for this one is one that I still kind of enjoy. And Sean has strong feelings about chelsea i fucking hate this movie and i hated it when it came out it's called coneheads from 1993 directed by steve Barron, who also directed uh 1990s teenage mutant ninja turtles and the adventures of pinocchio that weird kind of rankin and bass style pinocchio that came out in 1996 we got a 35 percent on rotten tomatoes uh way lower should be way fucking lower (laughs) Cone-headed extraterrestrials Beldar, played by Dan Aykroyd, and Primat, played by Jane Curtin, find themselves in New Jersey after a, a recon mission from their home planet of Remulac goes awry. Stranded, they are forced to live as typical suburban humans. Beldar gets a job, and daughter Connie, played by Michelle Burke, grows up to be a typical, if oddly shaped, teenager. When INS agents start investigating the family and Beldar receives sinister orders from Remulac, the Coneheads must decide where their allegiances lie. As I said in my review, it lacks the biting socio-political commentary. Xenophobia. The xenophobia that the uh, sketches always had. and There's none of that in the film. It's cool to see a lot of SNL cast member cameos in this. But it also reeks of just. There's a Subway sponsorship in it. You Subway, know? the the sandwich, the sandwich shop. You know, <laughs> I remember that very oh, clearly yeah. in '93 because I think I that was the summer I worked at Subway in okay. college, and I believe there was like conehead merch. I remember from my first viewing thinking that the CGI of her eating that sandwich was pretty damn good, but it doesn't hold up now. <laughs> and in fact, you can almost see a little cut where it goes from the CGI sandwich to the end of the sandwich that she puts in her mouth. And of course, Chris Farley's like, oh, my mom's the only one I ever saw put away a sandwich like that. And he keeps, he keeps doing this, this chicken neck thing with his head. I like David Spade's character oh, yeah, because he was, he was so true to David Spade's uh-huh. characters and everything. Yes. Uh, also, tons of good cameos. Yeah. That's one of the... Um, one of the bright spots of this movie is we get to see all these heavy hitters from SNL and otherwise. Yeah, you uh, can see Dave roles. Thomas from SCTV. And... Um, uh, John Lovitz as the dentist. Yes. Does Phil Hartman? Phil Hartman, yes. Adam Sandler. Yeah, um... Adam Sandler sells him the, the bogus fake ID and fake documentation. De, Ch- De Chico? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. DeSicco? All right, so... The roles that we're going to recast, we've got Beldar, played by Aykroyd, who was 41. Primat, played by Jane Curtin, who was 46. Connie, played by Michelle Burke, who was 23. And for the listeners, she played the older sister to Mitch in Dazed and Confused. Right. And I was telling you that there's a scene in the film from Coneheads where she is on camera with uh, Parker Posey. Uh Uh-huh. And Joey Lauren Adams. Nice. Reuniting those three from Days and Confused. Which and did you see, uh, side note, did you see, Chelsea, that I added a Parker Posey episode to our upcoming schedule? I have not seen that yet. Mm. All right. So who is your Beldar? Um, my actor was in Pineapple Express, Up in the Air, The Mitchells. I went with Kenny Powers, Danny McBride. Danny McBride. Okay. 
I can but, dig that. Yeah, that's an interesting choice, but it's gonna have it's gonna add a whole new dynamic to the character. I think. Kind of my point. He's it's gonna like be a redneck cone. Yeah, head. he's gonna be like white trash well, and build Well, here's the thing: <laughs> I didn't see the conehead sketches until uh, after I right. saw this movie, and the sketches were way better than right. this movie. So I need to change this movie. Understood. Over to you, Sean. Uh, my actor will be 43 uh, in just a few weeks. He was in Jeepers Creepers, Galaxy Quest, yes. Accepted, and Live Free or Die Hard. I think he would do a decent job of this. I went Justin Long. Very nice, sir. Uh, respect. My pick is 41 now. He was in Promising Young Woman. He was in Hello, My Name is Doris, and on the TV show New Girl, his name is Max Greenfield. Greenfeld? Greenfield. Greenfeld. Max Greenfeld is going to be my Beldar. Next, Primat, played by the great Jane Curtin. And I'm just now realizing that this this sketch and her um, association with the character might be why she was able to land the role on Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. Because we got similarly themed... Uh, elements there. Well, that and mm-hmm. she had proven herself on sitcoms. On yes. Kate and Alley, which Absolutely. Was a great sitcom. All right. So Jane Curtin was 46. And who did you pick, Chelsea? My actress is mostly known from a TV show called The Big Bang Theory mm-hmm. that plays all the time on many stations. I went with Melissa Rauch. 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 Marisha Rauch. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. good. Did you ever see The Gold? The, the bronze, the bronze, yes, the bronze. Sorry. Okay, that's her. She plays a medal. She played a Tanya Harding type, Gymnast, right? Yeah. yeah, she's very talented. I always liked her on uh, the VH1. I love the '80s type shows. Yeah, she was very funny on those. Cool deal. Over to you, Sean. Uh, Forty-six years old. That's what I went with for my recast as well. Uh, this actress uh, can be seen in the Neon Demon, mm-hmm. Lost River, Ginger and Rosa. As well as Mad Men, she gives me a cone head. I went with Christina Hendricks. Yes. Oh man, she's on a new show that Michelle and I are watching called Britannia, about the Roman conquest of oh. uh, Britannia, and it's pretty good. It's like one of those uh, kind of sexy historical dramas, you know, with plenty of TNA and violence. Nice. It's like history, but they have sex. Yes. <laughs> Uh, which I think that at some point in history, people did. People do yeah. have sex. My pick for the role of Primat is 45 now. She was in 27 Dresses, Ant-Man, Addicted to Fresno, and Archer. Her name is Judy Greer, and she was born for this role. Oh, man, oh, that's yeah. a good That's recast. so good. <gasps> Judy Greer is so fucking funny. I love it. All right, next up, we got Connie. Uh, she just wants to be a normal teenage girl, and she's actually very socially accepted considering the gigantic protrusion from her cranium. Cranium protrusion. Remove the decal. Uh, and so Michelle Burke was 23. Chelsea, who did you go with? My actress was in Deadpool, Deadpool 2, Tragedy Girls. I went with Brianna Hildebrand. Brianna Hildebrand is good. I like it. Right on. Sean? Uh, 23 years old. I'm with an actress who is in Kicking It. Same kind of different as me. And she played the character Tandy Bowen in a lot of Marvel TV series, starting with Cloak and Dagger. Her name is Olivia Holt. Olivia Holt is good. To me, she has a little bit of that, uh, who's the girl in Swim Fan? 
Oh, ah, uh, yeah. Erica. Er, Erica something. Christensen. Erica Christensen. She reminds me of her. By the way, speaking of this character, you know, this was originally played by Lorraine Newman in the TV series. Okay. She was in the movie. Who was she? She was, after they went back to Remulac. Remulac, okay. She was sitting next to them in the stand When he was narfling the Garthak? Yes. Okay. My Connie is 22 now. She's in movies such as Fresh, War of the Worlds, and Normal People. Her name is Daisy Edgar Jones. Daisy Edgar Jones. And she just has a kind mm. of familiar girl next door quality. She has a very long neck, which I think will be even oh, inter- yeah, it'd be it very interesting with yeah. that long could, cone head. Yeah, they could take a couple inches off the cone just because she's got such a long <laughs> giraffe neck. Um, <laughs> she may or may not have been in that Aziz Ansari TV show. You know what I'm talking about? Master yeah, of None. Was I, that her? I don't know. I can't. Dana. It looks like her. It does look a lot like her, but it might not be her. She has very similar features, if not. All right. We got one more, and that is the role of Ronnie. He is a mechanic. He likes to drink beer on the job, and he loves Connie. I love you. I told you how I feel about you. God. So, Chelsea, who did you pick for Ronnie? I feel like this pick is a little bit of a cop out. Okay. My actor was in I Tanya, mm-hmm. Richard Jewell. I went with Paul <laughs> Walter Hauser. Paul Walter Hauser. Yeah, we were just talking about him. I know, the other that's day why I feel like a, it's a cop out. A possible recast for Candy in yeah. Stripes. Uh-huh. But uh, you, you leaned down, you flipped it, and you reversed it. I did. I like, I like it. it. Yeah, that's I cool. Dig it. I want to see this. It's a tough recast. And, you know, I, I was just talking is about Is he a little how- old for Ronnie? I fudged the ages, but not by much. Okay. So it's still in range. It's not a legality issue with him. Okay. Yeah, I was talking about how uh, uh, Farley was a bit one-dimensional, but what he was, he was really good Mm -hmm. at it. And that's a tough recast for me. Uh, Just So I kind of went with somebody who played kind of that weird fringe loser guy in a film that I saw recently, but he was in Shaft. He was in Tut. Sorry. Tut. Tut. About King Tut? Uh, yeah. Okay. He was in Now Apocalypse. And I'm referencing his character that he played in Zombieland Double Tap. The uh, weird boyfriend hippie guy that was stealing the songs and telling oh, yeah. Abigail yeah. Breslin that he made them up. Uh-huh. Uh, is Avon Joja. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's real good looking compared to Chris Farley. <laughs> yeah, he is. But uh, if you look at his stuff in Now Apocalypse, yeah. he looks kind of like a... Uh, dirty fringe greaser. Okay. So I think that... I actually um, for age age range. I I think I shopped him. All right, my pick for Ronnie is twenty nine now as well. He was in Escape Room, A Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, and the TV show I'm in the Band. His name is Logan Miller. Logan Miller is going to be. Oh, he has the perfect bewildered expression uh-huh. in that. Yeah. Whoa! Hey, hey, Mister Conehead. <laughs> Uh, all right. So I'm going to say mild recommend, but the sketches are better. It is a definite don't recommend. And you know, one thing I just realized was not in this, in this film. What? Consuming mass quantities. Yeah, they did. Tons of it. Beer? No, consuming mass quantities of food. See, that's the thing. On the show, they were drinking mass quantities of beer. In the sketches, it was, they would just take a... Six pack of beer, open all the cans and just. Well, he did that. that with a pack of cigarettes, and then when Pepsi. they're at the country club, they he and Jason Alexander are sitting at the bar, and Jason Alexander has a regular size mug of beer, and yeah. 
uh, Beldar has like a 42 ounce mug of beer. And see, this speaks to the this speaks to what I was saying about it being it just reeks of sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Like somebody said, you know, we really don't need to drink all the beer because you know. we got subway money and but cigarettes are fine. Yeah, well, he was ninety three. It was mm-hmm. still okay, but uh, yeah, that that just speaks to how this movie sucks. And don't watch it. Fair enough, Chelsea. Final thoughts? No. She did the no button, you guys. All right. With that, we're going to go into our final bonus segment, which is going to be a battle royale between some fictional villains from SNL. Maybe not villains, just slight antagonists. First, we've got Landshark versus Mr. Bill slash Mr. Hand. It would be Sluggo. That's the villain in Mr. Bill. No, it's Mr. Hand. Mr. Hand is always who's who's killing him. But Sluggo was the bad guy. Okay. And then finally... <laughs> Unfrozen caveman lawyer. Yeah. Chelsea? Unfrozen caveman lawyer. (laughs) Your honor, I'm but a simple caveman. I don't know anything about technology. (laughs) Uh, No, Landshark. You're going Landshark. He's a soulless killer. I'm agreeing with Chelsea, unfrozen caveman lawyer, and rest in peace, Phil Hartman. Absolutely. Gone too soon. One of the greatest cast members of all time. Also very good on many of his voice roles on The Simpsons. Yeah. All right. We want to wrap it up. I want to thank you, Chelsea, for being here. Anything you want to plug? Trivia. I I swear I'll do better next week. (laughs) And also the engineer, my co-host and co-producer, Sean the Brew Boss. Anything you want to plug? I'm plugging next week's episode. Okay. Episode 200 is also going to be our very first watch party. Our very first watch party. We're doing something different, and we hope that... Everyone enjoys it. We do want feedback on yeah. whether or not you like this. Yeah, yeah. we. Um, it, it's our first try at it. We might. Uh, we might have to work out some kinks with the second go around, but that's how we learn, right? Right. Yep. And so, the, should we tell them what movie we're watching? Absolutely. This is the abandoned episode because we were canceled. We were gonna do a mini sode recasting this live at the beer garden at seminar at seminarbrewing.com. We're talking about the adventures of Buckaroo Bonsai across the eighth dimension. And we're not going to be recasting it. We might talk about who we might put in those roles while we're watching it, but we're basically just going to try to riff on it, right? We're going to do a live watch party, and we're going to try to do it in such a way that the audience at home can cue it up and listen to our audio commentary at the same time. Right. So, yeah, we're going to have fun. I'm looking forward to it so much. Here's your sneak preview trivia question about (laughs) Buckaroo Banzai. In a cut flashback scene and a photo in the jet car, Buckaroo's mother is shown. What actress played that role? Oh, geez, that I don't know. I've never seen this movie, so I don't know. Well, you're going to. I know. Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, nice. Jamie Lee Curtis. We want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. Also, we are hosted online on Podbean. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We're at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. We are Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook and Gmail. Also, Untapped, U-N-T-A-P-P-D. That's where we'll check in these two movies. Did you just dab? Yeah, I always dab. You never <laughs> notice it, but I did it bigger this time. Uh, and then we are the Cinema Chop Shop on or Cinema Chop Shop podcast on YouTube. And we recorded this episode. And hopefully you'll go and check that out there. Uh, finally, farewell. Thank you to you, the listeners. Remember to keep wearing your mask if you're not fully vaccinated. Social distance and get that vax. Please remember... To watch, shop, retrofit. retrofit.